And how are you feeling today, Christelle? I am feeling a bit overwhelmed and I'm feeling a bit um, like there's a lot going on and I feel like though there's an end in sight to some of the intricacies of personal circumstances, I'm in the midst of it. And so it feels like a lot and it feels heavy. And looking into my feelings is hard and digging deep is hard. And I'm learning with you how to do that. That's how I'm feeling. And to be honest, I'm feeling scared to be vulnerable on camera and to share my feelings on camera. It's funny because earlier on, I felt like I'd had quite an okay kind of day. Things were okay, I worked from home, um, had you know, a couple of Zoom calls, but all of a sudden, really, without really any explanation, I just felt fed up and a bit frustrated. Um, and I really couldn't figure out why I felt fed up and frustrated. Um, and it was probably over something that might seem quite trivial as, um, at the time, but I just felt, ugh, I just kind of fed up. And I don't know whether even, um, I don't know if I'd have just tried to brush it off before. Um, I think one of the things that I realizing that I think one of the things I realized probably on what on when we did our first show was when we asked who am I and we kind of talked about who we are in terms of what we do and not what we feel and our feelings and our emotions being part of us um and so somehow sometimes sitting with what we feel feels quite vulnerable and Countercultural and um, and so often, actually, I think I think I wonder whether our emotions are kind of the battlegrounds at times, not just what we think, but actually, there's a lot more. I think manipulation and coercion about emotions in a way there isn't always about what people think. Um, can you explain that a little more? What do you mean by that? Yeah, um, it's what I think it's one of those things that if you can control what people feel, then you can kind of control them. 
or possibly how we sh were told how we should feel about different circumstances mm -hmm. and in some spaces not allowed to sit in our feelings. I know that's the case for the culture in which I was raised in. And I, I want to hear um, your experiences with your feelings, but often if I were to express my feelings, and this is why you and I talking about feelings has been a new discovery for me, but often if I were to expect, express my feelings, I heard words either trying to fix how I should feel or I was told not to feel that way as a means of spiritual bypassing. So two examples might be, I'm in an unhealthy situation and I get angry, rightly so. And I've had my anger used against me in an abusive way. Or also if I'm sad, I've been met with dismissive comments in that, oh, don't feel that way. Everything will be okay. Or just have the joy of the Lord. Or, you know, those are just very limiting and min minimal examples, I think. And there's a whole lot more, but I know um, for me, leaving an abusive situation, I didn't even know how I felt because I was told how I should feel. And in some ways that's been the culture my entire life. And so, you know, as you and I talk, asking each other, how do you feel has been challenging. Uh, and we're, we're, I'm learning how to tap into my emotions and sit with how I'm feeling. And, and part of that is reaching into my heart and soul and figuring out how to express myself with words, which might sound very odd to those who haven't experienced such things. Um, and, it, and it's odd too to verbalize because I'm such a feeler and I feel deeply. So I don't wanna speak for both of us, but I know that we've, experienced a little little bit of similarities in our feelings and we've had to grow in expressing our feelings together yeah i i think for me, my experience has been that i've been the one to soothe and and run around other people's feelings because they've had more expressive feelings, whether that's anger or um, expressing their needs or frustrations. And I'm, I've been the one to soothe them to be the one that um, keeps them together without actually either attending to my own or them even bothering to ask me how I feel. Um, so so in, even that basis alone, I'm not used to having 
or being able to kind of have a space to say what I feel and begin to use the language of I feel sad or fed up or frustrated or angry or, or even just to, to be angry or frustrated or fed up or happy. And I think one of the things that really kind of came to my attention in the last couple of years is like not being able to feel the negative feelings actually inhibits all the positive feelings as well. So without being able to almost, and, and, and I was reading about this last night, like, some of those feelings are part of our kind of right side of our brain. And I'd spent so much time in my left side, which is where all the sort of thinking and processing and understanding and like theory stuff sits because that was kind of a safe place. And I didn't really dig into kind of like allow myself to kind of feel for such a long time. So it was easier to kind of try and work things out survive um and so for me to articulate how i feel is is a challenge um sometimes it's not always been safe to sometimes it's because i've not known how to sometimes and so and maybe, and maybe that's a, a an important question we kind of need to ask ourselves more often is how do you feel about that situation how do you feel and, and you it's funny because you can see when other people like you can you can read it because we've been in the same situation when they try and they don't say what they feel they say what they think you want to hear because they want to tell you um i think this is okay so no that's not how you feel so you know when i um and I work with people, even like conversations on Zoom or things. And, and actually, sort of when you look at somebody in the eye and you say, how do you feel? And you kind of, you know, it's that moment for them to stop and they can't blab their way out of it anymore. Because um, you know, you you know, you're wanting to hear. I think knowing that you're being heard is one side and then also verbalizing what you're feeling and knowing that someone wants to listen and cares is another side and how often have both of us said to each other okay but what are you feeling with each other in the eyes and i remember especially when we first started doing that both of us, either I start crying or, <laughs> or uh, when I do it to you, I can see the wheels turning and you really digging into, okay, what am I feeling? Because we're listening and we care and we're hearing. But we're so intuitive of other people that we, well, I say we, I'm so aware of other people that I'm not used to it back on me. I know what I would do and I'm conscious of doing it is I have to try and stop myself going into my thinking brain. Mm. Almost that's the that's the bit of kind of maybe survival mechanism of it will be okay, we'll work it out. 
it'll be worked out. I can think my way out of it. Um, and ultimately, it's okay to feel whatever we do feel. It's okay to even to think whatever we think. There's no crime in what we think. Because I know that I have, in my feelings, had to tell myself, you're allowed to be angry. And being angry is okay and valid. And that's the normal response to certain circumstances. Or you're allowed to be sad. I've had to almost IFS myself. Internal family systems. <laughs> um, and tell myself what I'm a, give myself permission to feel those feelings. So were you blocking out the feelings before they got anywhere? I think I was thinking I'm not supposed to feel this way because that internal dialogue. And in fact, we were reading about this right last night. The internal dialogue we often have is what we've been told from those in authority over us, whether it's parents or an institution or whatever. And when we read that, I thought to myself, oh, wow, yeah, you develop this internal dialogue. So I just, for various reasons, thought I shouldn't be feeling this way. And that's false. And I've had to give myself permission especially in the past three years. I don't know that I even gave myself permission to feel certain ways that are completely valid. Um, and the biggest one is for me is anger. You're allowed to be angry. And I've had to have people tell me, Christelle, you're supposed to be angry in this situation. That's a valid response. But even not feeling guilty about being sad or feeling like I'm burdening someone because they're listening to my emotions. That was another thing that I was told. I remember when I was living with my brother and sister-in-law, my sister-in-law told me, Christelle, you're allowed to be a burden here. And in some ways that was a relief. And she also told me you're allowed to be angry and you need to get angry in fact. Um, because I deal with that guilt of not wanting to bring people into my emotions. And perhaps that's the vulnerable thing because something I learned is I have no problem sharing my story with the world and being an open book. But where the vulnerability comes in is I don't let people into the healing parts of my heart because that's terrifying for me. And I'm almost more willing to be vulnerable with people I don't know than with people I know because now I'm, I'm allowing you into those very, um, What's the word? Those very deep areas of my heart, soul, and mind. And that allows yourself, your, 
by doing that, I'm allowing myself to be hurt or betrayed or allowing people to see the dark side of myself, perhaps. All of it. And that's scary. That's really scary. Especially when we've had those those pieces of our, our heart that maybe we've been vulnerable with before, broken or betrayed or hurt. I'm saying we, I should say I, I have. Okay, so I want to ask you about vulnerability because it's such a, in some ways, a hot topic, but I want to, I want to hear the truth of what that even means. What does that look like to you and how have you experienced it? Kind of a weird one in one sense because I always felt that I was being vulnerable in a lot of ways, but actually what I was doing was hiding the real vulnerable stuff. So like we said in the last episode, I don't know whether this bit will get seen, but um, I thought I was being vulnerable when I wrote things down and wrote blogs or, um, but actually what I was doing wasn't vulnerable. It was almost displaying what I, my frustrations and my knowledge and my critical thinking and, you know, all the things that professionally, you know, you kind of give away to kind of uh, support or help other people in the same kind of field. But actually what I wasn't doing was doing anything particularly real or at least, yeah, I'd say that. And I think what, what I realised... And similar to you, I nearly interrupted then, similar to you, when I was telling stories to people about what had happened to me in the past, they were surprised about that they were angry in that situation. And I said, I just, there was no anger, there's no, there's nothing there. And um, and so I look back sort of two or three years to some of like even that revelation to me that I could have been angry why wasn't I um and actually I was never angry at any point during like growing up as a teenager child that kind of thing so what I um or wasn't allowed to feel anger or angry for a variety of reasons. Um, so, so therefore, when you ask about vulnerability, um, I think once I began to have therapy, once I began to surround myself with supportive, safe people, gradually I started to make positive vulnerable steps and it was almost one of my friends said it was like a badge of honor I started to have in, in which case I just like enjoyed being vulnerable and enjoyed like where I'd got to and the story I'd got to even like three four five months into the process and how I felt about myself um but almost enjoyed that kind of the story I had that was part of my story like the me as part of my story and how 
I'd got to where I'd got to um, and how I was even beginning to see things. And so vulnerability for me was um, about um, being able to share tentative parts of my story that I was beginning to understand. But even now, so that's part of it. The other part of it is being assured that it's okay to have feelings. And I, and I know I, and, and I realise that one of the things that I've um, understood about myself in the last year or so is that I don't feel my feelings very easily. Um, I would say I disassociated from my body, my feelings from a very early age. Um, I would say that that had a huge impact on so many aspects of my growing up. But the reason being was it's about survival. Um, so kind of understanding and feeling feelings are, they're not scary for me, but it's almost like a, it's almost like a new toy that I'm getting used to playing with. And every now and then some toys come out of the box and some toys stay in the box and some toys, um, I don't understand them very well yet because I haven't really played with them for a very long time, if ever. Um, some toys um, come out of the box when something significant happens. Um, you know, and sometimes vulnerability is opening the lid of the box. To conclude this conversation, which has been a long one, what would you say, what, what advice might you give, like summing up um, about feelings to somebody else? What would you say in terms of like, you know, I think we've said it's okay to feel your feelings, but what might be, what are the kind of real positive messages that you've heard or that you want to share to people who might be watching about feelings that you've picked up that you'd like to give away? to others? That's a good question. And I hesitate with advice because I don't know that there's a specific roadmap that works for everybody. But I can say what has helped me in my journey, especially over the past three years, and what I've learned over the past three years. And two things. One is being very intentional with who I surround myself and who I allow into my heart and life because it can make or break you, truly. Listening to your intuition is so key. It's something I was not taught to listen to. And I have learned that my intuition is a tool to be used and listened to, and it's powerful. And then for me, trauma therapy has been a game changer. It has allowed me to dig deep into spaces that needed to be healed, and in healing those deep spaces, 
I've grown in other areas that I didn't quite expect. And I think I want to say this too, because it's so important. Part of that listening to your intuition is understanding that just because people say they are safe or people say they are trustworthy doesn't mean they are because something is can only be safe in as much as I need it to be safe. And for me, having learned through abusive circumstances, I also know that the most unsafe people and the most untrustworthy people are going to say, you can trust me and I am safe. And so that kind of all goes hand in hand. And I, again, I don't know if it would be advice or it's just tidbits that I've learned because of my experiences. Everyone has their own roadmap. And that's just a bit of mine. So at the end of page, on page 170 of Lindsay Gibson's book, um, She says this, says your body knows how to cry and grieve. If you let your feelings arise and keep trying to understand them, you'll come out of the experience a more integrated, mature person with greater compassion for both yourself and others. And it, I think for me, it's as if our natural bodies, hearts, minds, souls, know how to look after ourselves but maybe like i said at the beginning there's almost a fight to control that so you don't or we don't you know are people terrified that people will cry in front of them are people terrified they might grieve in front of them or laugh in front of them or be happy in front of them and actually if that's the case then what does that say about them not about you or whoever it is who is allowed to cry or grieve or be happy. Actually, it terrifies them. Um, so, um, but actually what those, that kind of control or that kind of like taking away permission to feel means that there's a controlling thing in the heart of people. Um, that as soon as you learn how to, cry or grieve or think for yourself then someone's terrified about that because they're losing control um because they want to control you somehow and that that's not just in a personal i mean that's not just in individual relationships i think that that's something in institutions and organizations and even the media and governments um so I guess that's what I meant at the beginning. And you know, it might be quite blasé to smile when it's raining or it's everyone else is angry around you and you dance you dance around in puddles, but you know, dancing in the rain, although that's quite a trite phrase, but actually if you feel like dancing in the rain, dance in the rain. 
mm-hmm. to be grumpy because everyone else is grumpy. If you feel like dancing in the rain, do it. Um, but don't do it if you don't feel like it. Um, so we started with who am I and how are you feeling? And we, we tried to end the conversation, but the who am I part that we talked about last time after we turned off the recording, we both said, you know what? We never actually talked about who we are. We said, we talked about what we do. And who am I is such an important part of our core belief and our core self and our core um, values. And like you said, feelings are, are who we are. Love is who we are. My emotions are part of me. Mm. That's over there and my work's over here and my family are over here. Like actually all of it is part of who we are. And it's accepting the connectivity or the connection or the integration of those. Um, and as we've talked about, it's been part of our lives to disintegrate those things from each other, from within ourselves. Um, so maybe that's it. Maybe when somebody asks us, people ask, what do you do? Actually, when we ask, who are you? And how do we become, how do we accept our emotions in a healthy way as part of ourselves? Yeah. I think my biggest challenge with that question, the who am I question is, we've been told often in culture and society who we should be. And the age old diving deep into that question is one only we can really answer. And I'm such a core believer in, I want to know who who you are. I want to know what you feel. I want to know what sets your soul on fire. And sometimes that leads into what we do, but sometimes what we do is because we need to earn a paycheck. You know, like there's a difference there. And I'm so interested in in just knowing the heart and story and what matters to someone. And I think perhaps because I want people to know who I am and what matters to me. And that's equally as important. And it's not selfish to say that or to believe that or to feel that. And it's really cool to be able to sit across from someone and say, I really like who you are, or I love who you are. And to watch the look on their face, you know, wait, what? <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. But it's, it's telling that person, I see you. No, I see you, you, not what you do. But I see you and I see your heart. And I see that you're valuable in who you are. And you could lose your job tomorrow and I don't care because I like who you are. 
And do you like who I am? Don't we all want to be seen? Don't we all want to be heard? Don't we all want to know that we're valuable? Thank you for being part of our conversation. We started this because we realized that we were going deep and that we were learning from each other. And we thought, what would happen if we just pushed play and invited other people into the conversation and allow them to ask questions and be part? And that's what we've done here today. I hope that you feel comfortable enough to be able to answer some of the questions we asked. Who are you? Maybe journal about it. Maybe talk about it with a friend or family member. And feel free to comment below and let us know what you think. You are valuable. You matter. And we look forward to future conversations. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching today's conversation if you've got to the end and uh, join us next time for episode three where we build on what we talked about today and take it in a whole new different direction bye for now bye i had something else i had something else there christelle this is the only this is the only um um, outtake we'll get this time. <laughs> uh, can you ask me again? Thank you for watching today's session. It's not a session. Thank you for watching. Are we a program or a video? A program? What are we? A therapy session? <laughs> Just kidding. No, we're not. No. No, no we're not. <laughs>